0: Conte, who is us now in at Tottenham, back in English football today.
1: Is that a Ramona? Brown uh, sauce. Yeah, gone. Busy drinks is gone. Yeah, I, I Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. It is Middlesbrough 1, Tottenham Hotspur 0, Spurs out of the FA Cup in the fifth round. It will be another season of no trophies at White Hart Lane. Sad face, sad face. Uh, We weren't going to pod today, but uh, got some requests from from folks who wanted to hear an emergency pod. I'm not sure that the, today constitutes an emergency. And and I think you're going to hear that in the, in the tone of, 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 of the podcasters here with me today, but we'll, we'll dive into it. Uh, we've got Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. He's on board. Scott, what's going on, man?
2: How much, man? I'd love to come in with my, uh, my classic Todd and employed today. Um, but, I exposed myself this morning and tweeted out that I was a cup guy so I did ex- again expose myself that I knew we played today and therefore can't skate skate past this one but what a fucking terrible performance from Tottenham and at least I got you two to to talk through this with me so
1: yeah that's the thing Tottenham played today but did they really they didn't they didn't really play no. today uh, Caroline is also with us she is at CG Stefco Caroline how are you feeling?
0: Oh, uh, a little demoralized, but I agree we can't really call it an emergency pod when this all feels so sadly expected. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh we just released a pod like 48 hours ago. So you can go listen to that one if you really want like a little more cheeriness. because um, that one was a fun one. We, you know, we talked about the Leeds victory while also talking about the the Burnley of it all last week. Um, but this one we're just gonna kind of I guess. Chop it up a little bit about this this Middlesbrough game, I, I did not watch this game live. In fact, I uh, was working and then came home to watch the game uh, on tape delay and had the results spoiled for me, uh, found out that we had lost 1-0, and then decided to sit my ass down and watch the entire 120-minute affair anyhow. So that tells you what kind of day I've had and what kind of, uh, I guess, sycophant I am. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, this is the same exact lineup that we saw uh, from the other day um scott what 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 does that tell you because i I guess it, it tells you one i think there's a lack of depth in this team that there's not a lot of rotation that can happen but um to me this was the problem that i had with the burnley match last week that he he trotted out the same lineup against city and tried to do the same thing against a different type of opponent to me i don't know it was a little puzzling to see the same exact lineup that we saw on saturday I mean, I think I hear I hear why
2: what you're saying. and I understand why you feel that way. I also think this is our best available 11 and Conte is clearly just putting that out over and over again because he doesn't he doesn't feel confident in anything else. Right. Um, But today is today's credit to Middlesbrough. And today is kind of the same thing I'm going to say against after Burnley and the same thing I said after Southampton, which is it's not very hard to see how to beat us tactically. Um and I I've really just watched the same teams over and over play the same exact way and beat us. And it's a little bit concerning to me because Conte should be astute enough to see that, right? Um, and if I do, then he certainly does, right? I don't know half of what he's seeing at any given time. So I'm sure he'll figure it out. But we just all you have to do is play a low block and press us and you in, the, in your own half, and I say you're as the opponent, like
1: mm-hmm. let
2: us bring the ball into your half, play a low block and press the shit out of us, and we just don't know what to do, right? Um, and then in transitions, we're getting smoked, they're winning the ball back, and then they're finding possession, right? And we're almost pinned into our own half. You know, just as soon as, as I guess, just as much as we can't control the ball in their half, we can't get the ball out of our own half. Um, it's very concerning, and it's all about... You know what, well, we've talked about at nauseum, which is if your midfield's not adequate enough and your wing backs don't play well in this formation, you're just going to have a really, really bad time. You know, um, I'm, I'm thinking of that South Park meme. It's, you're not going to have a good time. And that's <laughs> just what's going to continue to happen at Tottenham Hotspur, right? We've got to get this sorted out.
1: I'm actually a little surprised. And I'm, uh, Carolyn, I'm going to come to you in a second, but I want to go back to Scott because I'm a little surprised, Scott, for you. To, that's almost the most critical I've heard you be of Antonio Conte and and why he has it because we talked a, a few weeks ago after we beat City and we had a lengthy discussion actually about why Pep Guardiola continues to have problems beating Tottenham Hotspur or at least handling them in, in any sort of way. They obviously have the more talented team, but he always just kind of hammers the same tactics into the ground that Tottenham have figured out and figured out how to beat them. If that same thing is happening right now with Spurs where they're facing teams that will sit low like Burnley or like Burrow and not and, and but are able to get after it against teams like City and like Leeds because we've seen this up and down nature, is there anything Antonio Conte can do differently? I get that he's he's a little strapped with the personnel because they don't have the, you know, we just talked about the lineup being the same and there's not a lot of rotation to do. And there's, we know that there's no true creative midfielder in this lineup. And we know that if, if you don't have that, you've got to get um, good play out of your wingbacks. But if, it, you know, could he have gone to the, the three, five, two, that we've talked about in the past, could he have gone, could he have done anything differently? Or is this just, you know, is it strictly because of the personnel on this team that he's hammering this his his head into the wall here doing the same exact thing over and over again even though there are different opponents and different approaches
2: yeah i mean i think that i don't think i don't think there's anything he can do differently is the best way i can say that i i don't really think it matters how we set up and how we play right now um because our midfield's so weak and so depleted and just not good um and it's, that's such a blanketed thing to say, right? Such a blanketed piece of, of analysis, if we can even call, call it what I say, analysis, right? But when you have such a poor midfield, it doesn't matter how you set up ultimately, right? And I, and again, I don't mean to bring up, you know, the Jose of this all, but exactly why he played the way he did, because we had no choice but to bypass a terrible midfield. And we still have that same terrible midfield, right? Um. Conte isn't going to be able to do much of anything. And it all started when Dembele tapered off and when Yama, you know, got injured. Um, Winks and Sissoko got us to a Champions League final and I appreciate them for that, but that, that Champions League run papered over some abysmal form in the league, 11 from 33 points. I'll never forget that stat, right? In Depacha's sacking, that's relegation numbers big time, right? And so, that midfield was struggling then before we made a Champions League final. And we've really never worked on that. We, I, I, we tried in Giovanni and Lasoso and, and Tangi, right? Lasoso and Tangi, we've tried, but it's just never worked out for us. Our midfield is still in shambles. And PEH tries so fucking hard, man. And he bleeds for the badge, but like he's a pretty standard, just working man's midfielder, right? And that's why he fizzled out of Byron and ended up at Southampton and is trying to recover his career at Spurs. He's a good player and he'll give you a ton of effort, but he's a pretty just standard working man midfielder, right? Harry Winks is not terribly good. He's had some bright moments, right? I think we're starting to see that Harry Winks benefited from a manager bounce, in my opinion, just starting to fizzle out again. Um, we need Bentaker and, and we need Skip badly. But as we've seen since 2018, you can't rely on two midfielders. So it doesn't even really matter. Like Until we get this thing fixed, a bit of a rant. But to answer your question, until we get the midfield sorted out, I don't think Conte can do anything, man. We're just going to continue to be unable to progress the ball and break the press. And if you can't do those two things, you're just in fucking trouble. (laughs) It's it's very basic soccer, right?
1: Caroline, Antonio Conte has forgotten more football than three of us combined will ever know in our in our lives but is there anything he could have done differently today or last week against braley i mean we talked about this already and it feels like this pattern is starting to develop now and and he's he's frankly he's coming under a little bit of fire not just for what he's you know what's happened off the field with him with with the outbursts which didn't happen today luckily but um, but with what's happening on the field with with, you know, what's obviously a talented team, but it doesn't seem like he's always getting the most out of it.
0: Yeah, I don't think Conte is above criticism. Um, you know, like we said, the midfield is what it is at the moment because of the injury situation. But there were some variables that he could have tweaked today with the lineup. I, I understand why he kept the lineup consistent from Man City to Burnley in an attempt to build some momentum. Like, I get that. I was behind it. But I felt like with the somewhat quick turnaround for today's match, he really needed to make at least a few changes to that starting lineup for freshness. Um, And we saw when Bergvine did eventually come on how sharp he was. You know, he easily had the biggest impact out of anyone on the pitch in his short time on the field. And I really would have liked to see him, you know, starting for and... (laughs) You know, I hate to say it, but son, he just looked completely gassed today and we weren't getting the best out of him. So I would have much preferred to see Bergbine in there. Um, I was hoping that Lucas would have been available for the same reason, but he apparently had the infamous dead leg. Um, <laughs> but the the other changes that I had thought about going into the match was perhaps bringing Reggie on in. But honestly, when he played today, he he didn't look sharp either. So I don't know. Our wing backs are kind of just a tricky situation right now. I think that Doherty and Cessignon are probably our, our favorable wing back pairing. But you know, when when they came off today, I felt like we lost a lot of our momentum going forward. And but it, it was just a fitness thing today. I think for for a lot of it, you know, the team was not not on it
1: yeah i i fully expected more rotation like you said and and mm-hmm. and you're especially out of the wing backs i kind of expected him to rotate both of the wing backs you know you've got the five subs you can always switch them switch back to the other two um that you started on saturday you know whether it's midway through the match or or, or whenever really you've got the the flexibility to be able to do that your brigvine point is well taken too i thought he was the one that that came on and actually you know looked like he wanted to do something he looked like he had a goal in him at moments today. Um, but, uh, you know, and I wouldn't have minded seeing him start. I'm frankly surprised. And, and the other player I wanted to come on to, because he has not been playing well of late. I'm surprised Hugo Lloris even started in this match. And it's a damn good thing he did because that match very easily could have been three nil to burrow, uh, had he not played, I thought he had a good game. Um, and he has not really had like a, a flawless game. Not that it was flawless, obviously the, the club lost and he did concede a goal that was, he really had no chance on, but I thought he made some really nice saves and just didn't have that moment where you were super nervy about him like we've had in the last few matches. So that was good to see. Hopefully he has kind of shaken that two to three match um, little co- moment of cobwebs that he's had um, in, you know, over the last few weeks. But I, I mean, I agree. This team is... <sighs> I, I think more could have been done, but this team, like Scott said, is in such a place right now with its midfield that if you're not getting great performances out of the wingbacks like they did you know, against Leeds on Saturday, um, it's going to be tough to generate anything offensively. And when you've got a team, again, Scott, to your point, like, like Middlesbrough who can sit back and press you in its own half, um, that's a team that's going to give – Tottenham trouble it's it's just like what Burnley did last week and but when you've got a team that will come after you like Leeds or Man City you know that's that's where Spurs can operate and Spurs can well you know, not just about counterattacking, but it's about moving the moving the ball into spaces that are being given to you you know in the offensive end
2: yeah I mean I think there's there's really like three types of of styles of play I think and these are these can be totally broken down into big time subgroups here right I'm totally totally aware of this but you're going to see teams that play a 4-3-3 and look to control possession not necessarily like oppress you like a Liverpool does right but like a City where they just methodically slowly just control the game right you're going to see teams that are going to take that gegen press approach I don't know if pronounce the word correctly but Caroline knows it as a German football fan and um it, you know, you're just going to oppress the opponent like Liverpool does, right? Or you're going to have a more, you know, more reserved approach. But I think if it's not a four three three or a back three, you're seeing a four two three one. So I think if I look at those three formations, in a back three, you need strong midfielders and strong wing backs. In a four three three, you need three really fucking good midfielders who can stay in a triangle, do a little bit of everything, right? But really, really patiently, calmly, and methodically control the game. We definitely don't have that. And if you're gonna play a four, two, three, one, you need a double pivot that's extremely talented because like I look at a four, two, three, one, like you take like a rectangle, put a square block on top of it, and then a big old fat triangle on top of that square block, right? That square block has so much importance there from a balance perspective, but it can teeter so easily, right? We don't have two guys that can do that at all. I'm not even fucking interested in trying to figure that out. Right. So Conte's in a tough spot. You look at like three simple formations that a team can use three different ways of playing. And we don't have any midfielders that can do any of them. And so that's where I think we're in such a bad spot right now. Like let's say we sit back and we look to bypass the midfield. I do not want us pinned back on our own half the whole game. Our defense isn't good enough yet. Um, unfortunately we're kind of where Liverpool was six years ago where you're super top heavy you've got a Lamborghini engine and just a dud in the back right now they scraped into top four that year bought Allison bought Van Dyke and everything changed for them right our issues are a little bit more midfield than defense like theirs were right but we're in a similar situation where we're so top heavy we've got so much talent in the front of the field Kulisewski included but if we don't if we don't make top four, we're not improving our midfield or our defense, in my opinion. Conte probably leaves, and this just perpetuates itself. So I'm a little bit worried, man. But until we get the midfield sorted out, it's not really going to matter because we're just going to keep underperforming. I, I
1: don't. I don't think Conte is leaving if if this club doesn't get top four. I think that as long as I, I think he's a big part of the recruitment too. Um, you know, sure. obviously and top four you know, will help. I mean, I won't. I won't argue
2: with you there, but. I base what I say off his track record of literally leaving every time that he doesn't get what he wants. Right. But he, that's got to change at some point and he probably understands that as well. Right. Like you will, you will run out of opportunities if you're in, it has to stop at some point. Right.
1: Caroline on that note, we got a very, um, I don't even know what word to use when, when to describe Antonio Conte's post-match reaction to this match, I guess, reserved or, um, level-headed pretty much all the opposite words is what you as to what you would describe from last week after Burnley he he pretty much just he almost sounded like uh, Nuno Espirito Santo with the 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 coach speak and the you know we need to improve and and get better ba- there was no emotion out of it there was no nothing like we what we saw last week it was just a, a complete um completely flipped script um which I, I don't I guess I don't really have a question other than to say I, I'd rather have, rather that than than what we got last week, right? Because it's a little more just like level-headed and you know calm.
0: Yeah, I, it's interesting to hear how the press conference went because I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I tapped out after the game and went for a walk and was like, yeah, sure. I'm not going to think about Spurs for a while.
1: Understandable.
0: But I'm not surprised to hear that that was the tone that he took because I'm sure that he's probably – feeling a lot of the same emotions that us fans are of feeling that weight of the pressure now that we can't even have that debate anymore of like, would you rather have the cup win or a top four? Like all we have to go for is top four now. So the pressure is on. He has one task. We just got to focus and get it done. And, you know, it's probably just the reality of that hitting him and knowing that he can't maybe play the mind games as much <laughs>
1: Something you pointed out to me that I was um, blissfully unaware of uh, until right before we started recording this podcast that Spurs um, have not won consecutive matches since uh, late December, which is, you know, we're going on two and a half months now, uh, December 22nd, they beat West Ham in the uh, league cup quarterfinal two one. And then December 26th boxing day was that victory over crystal palace. Uh, the three nil, they've not won consecutive games since then. And they had a chance to do that today just had to go on the road and, and beat Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Like not a you know not a very big ask. Um go beat a, a a championship team that is not in good form and they just simply couldn't do it. And it's I guess it's weird for me as a Spurs fan to see the dichotomy. And it's weird for for even just football fans in general. I mean you see the the kind of um non-SPurs media or non-spurs fans look at this club right now and say how the hell did they beat man city then lose to burnley then beat Leeds in the way that they did it's not just about beating Leeds, who are obviously we're obviously struggling it's beating them in the way that they did and then go lose to middlesbrough it's just it's baffling at this point um you know how they how they've gone and done that
2: i don't mean to interrupt you but is it though like and I don't mean I, to be like me. I, like
1: not not for Spurs it's fans.
2: It's exactly
1: why this is happening.
0: Okay. And, yeah, it's not surprising. I think we also have to think about the fact that we've had so many midweek games in this uh, run. And because we don't have the squad depth, this was always going to be an issue being consistent because we, we can't afford to rotate if we want to have our best, you know, 11 out on the pitch. We just can't because of who we have as personnel.
1: Well, the, the, the midweek games are not going to stop. I mean, they, they have, well, that's actually not true. They, they, they they tend to tone down a little bit as we get into April. But as you mentioned, Caroline, there's, you got 13 games left now on the schedule. um, And, and that's all you've got to look forward to Uh, go and put your best foot forward for, you know, an attempt at this top four, but um, that's, that's all there is right now. And, and I, a weird part of me is relieved because, like you mentioned, Caroline, this whole debate over would you rather uh, the would you rather game to me is the most annoying game ever. I'd rather all of it. It's not a, you know, it's not a cup or or top four or, a, you know, this or, or a league cup or FA cup or a, like any cup would be great. But that's not happening now. So you, you go and you try and. Hell, I'm not even going to say top four anymore. You just want to get into Europe at this point if you're Spurs. Um, I know top four is the goal, and that's obviously what you aim for. But in my mind, that's, you know, that's kind of just where I am. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm also not where, where, where you quite are, Scott, where I'm, I'm not going to be doom and gloom if they don't get top four. Because let's be honest, if we were to come into this season, um expecting top four I think we all would have had too lofty of, of an expectation the fact yeah, that they, yeah, yeah. How could they have an aim for top four right now and still have a chance at it this late in the season I think is a really good thing
2: oh here I'll say this like if we don't get top four like whatever and you know me well enough to know like it's fun it's football right it's just it is what it is but I think ultimately I wouldn't say that it's like all gone to shit and we're fucked, but it's going to be significantly harder to accomplish some of our goals without it. And I like, I don't think that can be argued at all. Right. And I think, I think in a way I'm going to surprise you and say that I think top four is very, very doable and attainable. And dare I even say probable because Conte is going to have one game a week now for the next three months, you know, and we've seen that when Conte has one game a week, he can do, he can do well with that. Um, I think the thing that I need Conte to do, and again, this sounds so asinine of me to even say something like this, because if Conte would even give me twenty minutes of his time, I would be, you know, eternally grateful. But I, I think that he is going to have to be a little bit more malleable and flexible with what he's doing because the modern game just kind of calls for that. Unless you have two squads like City and Liverpool, when Liverpool is a little less depth than than City, right? But Unless you have that type of talent, you really have to change your approach week over week. You can't just make the opponent bend to your will. We did under Potch, but we had actually a good enough team to do that, surprisingly, right? Um, But you can't really do that with this team. And so Conte is going to just have to be a little bit more flexible. Like, we need to bypass the midfield sometimes and just play some really fucking shitty, boring football. And it's going to piss some of the old heads off. And I'm sorry, and I love you, and come on, you Spurs. But, like, we're just going to have to be a little bit more intelligent with these next 13 games because they're very important. But if you look at the table, again, Conte has a a game a week. We can go get top four. And honestly, if somebody said top four or or FA Cup, it's like a fucking no-brainer. Like I'll literally throw the FA Cup out the window going 90 down the highway just to make sure we get top four if I need to do that, right? So at this point, uh, and that sounds silly. We need trophies, blah, 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 right? This club needs top four, in my opinion, desperately. And we've seen what happens if we don't get that. So, Caroline?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about how we're always discussing the fact that with this, you know, quote-unquote painful rebuild, we're behind pace for where we should have been as a club because of past decisions, you know, by the board, managerial decisions, et cetera. But I think having Conte as the manager now is probably the best, person we could have chosen for the job at this moment because he does have that reputation for transforming players getting the most out of them like take a player like Winks like we know that ideally he's not the player you want in the midfield but surely Conte will be able to get you know the absolute best out of him if he has more time to work with him so I that's that's one thing that gives me a little bit of hope with the top four chase is just knowing Like he is going to have more time to work with the players from here on out. Um, You know, I just feel like he's he'll figure something out. And I think that we we do have the talent, you know, at a baseline level to be beating a lot of the teams in the league. We know this is true. You know, there have been some circumstances the past few weeks that have gone against us. But I, I do think they can do it.
1: I think the thing that still just worries me at this point is, you know, and only because we've seen a pattern of it develop here in the last few weeks, but it's how you approach each individual match, um, each one of these 13 that we still have remaining, and and how you do it with not so much rotation, but because, like you said, it's going to be fewer matches, it's going to be essentially one a week there's a a bright match thrown in there in a midweek uh later this month in a couple of weeks on a on a wednesday and we don't know when the arsenal match will be still because um i i don't know i think they need to like you know dry their tears or something before they schedule that one or whatever whatever the case may be um but it, i'm just curious as to how conte will approach them from a matchup standpoint and part of that has to do with with the rotation of the squad and 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 how he sets up the team and who plays um, but there's not a lot of depth and not a lot of choice. I mean, we, we we were talking about the fact that this has been, you know, this run here of four games. If you go to, to City till now and really the only changes in the lineup have been Bentacor, who got hurt in the Burnley match in the first half of the Burnley match. And Emerson started uh, at right at right wing back against um, both City and Burnley. And then Darty has started the last two at right wing back. Those have been the only real changes because region has been out. Skip's been out. Um, you know, the, the rest of the lineup has kind of picked itself. You've got, a, a, I think, a, a fairly solid back three. You've got a, a Kane, Son, and Kulusevski front three. Uh, there's not a lot of other options, though. I mean, we talked a little bit about bergvine earlier. It's just really, to me, it's, it's going to be interesting for how Conte decides he wants to approach you know, say a match against Everton here in a little less than a week versus a match right after that against Manchester United versus a match against you know let's let's say like Brentford down the line or you know a match against um Ber- another match against Burnley by the way for later in the season which I'm greatly looking forward to see like those kinds of things I'm I just want to see how he approaches the different matchups against teams you know this. How, do, how does this team play against Liverpool versus how it plays against Burnley right after that? Like it's, you know, those are two different, very different matchups. And it's it's kind of almost a repeat of what we just saw last week with how do you play against City versus then going to Burnley midweek? Like you've got no. to have different approaches to those things. And I don't know that, that the roster he has allows him to have that flexibility, but there's got to be something different done. I mean, I th- I think, like
2: I said, I think with the the lack of distractions around him, in these 13 games, I think Conte can do enough to get us in the top four. For me, it's going to hinge on, and this is, you know, big shout to you, Andrew, you've been saying this for a long time, but where, who's going to score goals besides Kane? And that's, that's what's going to boil down to that right there. Because today, today, if I hate doing this, like it's a team effort, so I don't mean to like single out anyone. Right. But if I had to pin it on specific individuals today, it's Hoybier, it's Winks, it's Sun and Kulisevsky. It's those four guys that really hurt us today. Um, the wingbacks weren't horrible. We created enough chances to win today. Um, our midfield wasn't great, but we created enough chances to win today. Sun and Kulisevsky both fluffed some chances, and I don't think either of them were dangerous enough with the space provided. And Winks and Hoybier were not good. But our back three was, I mean, they were just bad. Bad, bad at soccer today, I think. Winks more than Hoivier. And I think the back three is solid. I totally agree with you. Kane is always going to be solid. And I think these wingbacks, massive credit to them, are actually starting to figure this shit out. Like, it's not going to happen overnight. Conte said that. It's a tough position. Incredibly difficult. I would not want to play fucking wingback in the Premier League. Like, you're going to be, like, just dead all the time, right? And that's why they have to rotate that position. Um Anyways, it's, it's the midfield and those wingers today because we have to take our chances. If Sun takes his chances, we win today. Like we, We're through. And I don't – Sun is a fucking god. Like I'm not trying to pick on Sonny, right? But he. But those missed chances cost you today. We, we, we didn't concede a goal until extra time. It's no one's fault other than those missed chances, right? But had we had better wing – sorry, had we had better play from the midfield – and just a little bit sharper play from those wingbacks who are trying really hard, right? You probably create a few more chances and you probably find one of them because that's Kane on the end of it and you get through today. So again, not Sun's fault, not Kulisetsky's fault. Those missed chances definitely lost you that game today. We probably need to create some more chances.
1: Well, and a goal, by the way, that was conceded partially because of just boneheadedness Correct. by, by, by your wingback playing, playing a man on side. Um, yeah. A guy who, you know, in Emerson who, has not really taken his opportunities. Caroline and I were talking about a a little bit about this before you joined the call, Scott, like it, Emerson's, the reason Matt's already has looked so good in our eyes in the last handful of of games is because Emerson has not looked good, you know, before that. Um, So the wingback, you're right. The wingback position is, is, is a tough one. And it's, I'm just, like I said, I'm interested to see um, where the, where the differences in play come between, you know, like I said, whether it's Everton, United, Liverpool, Burnley, all these different—these are very, very different teams that are all on the schedule over these next 13 games. Every one of them presents a unique challenge. And again, I'm I'm harping on what differences can the coach make because because the coach is really good and he's built a reputation like that. But when it comes down to it, the players have to go out and execute as well. Like that's that is obviously the biggest thing. And the players didn't execute well enough today uh, in a in a match that they should have been able to against less you know quote unquote lesser competition. Um and that's why we're sitting here doing this you know quote unquote emergency podcast for you all because um it, it's it sucks it's disappointing to have gone out in this fashion and gone out um you know in 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 a similar man, gone out to the same friggin team that man united did in a similar manner, just you know uh, f- faltering and and kind of kind of tripping over themselves um and it's just uh, you know <laughs> There it is, Caroline. There's my first sigh of the pod. <laughs> you said we were going to do a lot of sighing on this pod. It's just that's that's where I'm at right now.
0: I think you beat me to it, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I, um, I don't really know what else there is to say about this match other than, you know, we look ahead to, like I said, 13 games, 13 games, 13 opportunities to get points on the board. The first one comes up next Monday uh, against Everton, which is – a Really weird thing to say, a Monday afternoon game <coughs> against Delhi alley's Everton, which is very strange as well. Um, hopefully the fans welcome him back. Uh, I'm sure they will. Um, but yeah, Everton, followed by United, Brighton, West Ham, how's that for a run? and and an Everton team, by the way, that you know i I get that they are a point above the drop zone, but this is an Everton team that has played somewhat better. Uh, under Lampard, and uh, you know they they, well, they very well—they very well could have beaten or at least drawn City last weekend.
2: Yeah, and honestly, you know, if you look at these next four games, where I say Conte has, you know, high prospects of, of accomplishing what we need to accomplish here, if let's say let's say you get nine points out of these twelve, and and you beat West Ham and United, you probably get top four. Like they're, they're dead competition against us right now. So if we can get nine out of 12 and six of them, six of them have to be West Ham and and man United, obviously. Right. But I think we'll be okay. Um, These next four games are really important and we're not going to have any distractions. Um, And we got a lot of work to do. Like I get why, you know, maybe this will help fans feel better. Like I get why this hurts. I understand that we want better as fans the club should be doing better, but like, we're in not, we're in a bad place as a club and it's not dire, right? Like we're not Derby County about the fold, but when you look at where we're at versus where we should be, it's bad, right? And so we have to take a realistic approach, set aside all the things that we want as fans and, and really just look at this from the perspective of less is more, because we have so much work to do as a club and Conte has so much work to do. And yes, today hurts, but if I'm Conte, I also know in the back of my head, the less distractions in front of me, the better chance I have of getting this thing worked out and figured out, right? So, don't expect much as fans other than progress and hopefully a bot in Conte, right? I know I said yeah, he might I'm, he might walk this summer, and a little bit of a you know a, a drama included in, in that comment, right? I I think Conte is invested, but my point is that if we can secure top four this progress will stimulate, you know, significantly. And that's what we need right now.
1: Yeah. And to your point, I think you're talking about where this club should be. Like I said earlier, if, if we said with about a third of the season left that we'd have uh, you know, a, a real crack at a top four uh, and a, and a 13 game run into it, I'd say, that's all right, let's go, let's go do it. And that all yep. starts on, on Monday against Everton. Uh, which should be fun. We'll be back after that match. Uh, I, I mentioned in the last podcast we're not going to do a podcast over the weekend like we normally do because the club doesn't play till Monday. It would seem foolish to just do a, a little preview pod, but we'll be back Monday after the Everton match to talk about that one. Um, your boy is is taking the weekend off and and doing a little Vegas trip for his birthday this weekend. So uh, I will not. I will be checked out completely from football uh and i'm not i'm not paying attention until for to anything until monday uh, monday monday comes i'll i'll get back into spurs and everton but um this this game this this loss to to middlesboro has completely uh given me the impetus to just check out now for a little while and and i'm not going to look at at twitter or you know any of that stuff so um we'll come back monday we'll have a, a recap of, of spurs everton we'll also have uh, a recap of the women who returned to action over the weekend as well, which should be um, a, an exciting time for them. They're they're also in a chase for <laughs> for European places, which is uh, a big deal as well. So, uh, Caroline can be followed at CG Stefco. Scott is at DSM Spurs. You can follow me at A Stefcio. Follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, be sure to rate and review as well. That helps uh, boost the numbers. Tell a friend and. Uh, let them know that we 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 acquiesce to these requests for emergency podcasts. For, so uh, uh, you know we we are your we are your vent here. You can you can come to us and uh, and you know just relive the horrors of a of a terrible one nil. But uh, until next Monday, <laughs> when we will be back hopefully talking about a a better run in to the end of the season. This has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on you Spurs.
2: Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener. who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on you Spurs.